Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. I am stoked to share with you an interview that I just did with an absolute legend to graduate from LMU. She was a four-time all-conference player, all-American, played for Team USA, played in the NPF. We may or may not have been opponents for a season, and we talk a little bit about that in the episode. But she's also playing for the new Athletes Unlimited Softball League. So if you guys haven't noticed, softball has been on TV and Sam shares her experience with us about how the league is going, the point system, what it's like, you know, playing for a new team every single week. It is seriously one of the coolest, coolest leagues. And so she shares a lot about that. She also shares a little bit about her podcast and it's called The Unknown Pro. I listened to a few episodes before we did this recording and she interviews people like Jordan Taylor at Michigan, Aubrey Monroe, who played at Florida and is current catcher for Team USA. She interviews Kelly Crutchman, absolute legend in the box, and so many more pro athletes. And you get to basically see the behind the scenes on how athletes were brought up and you know what they think about in the box and to share a little bit of their story. So her podcast is called The Unknown Pro. So as soon as you guys are done listening to this episode, subscribe to her podcast. It's absolutely amazing. And we also talk about a lot about how her dad was one of her biggest influencers growing up and how he instilled courage and confidence into her and basically did whatever it took for her to succeed in this game. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. Here is the conversation with teammate that I wish I would have had, Sam Fisher. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but Now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes, and I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal, that's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are gonna be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. 
I have a special guest today and I'm so eager to get you guys listening to her. She is one of the most, you know, loudest people on social media in the most, in the best way. She's probably one of softball's best ambassadors. Like when, when I say this, you need to go follow her on Twitter and like pause this podcast, go follow her on Twitter and then come back here because that's how amazing she is. This is Sam Fisher. She holds all these records at LMU. Like I can't even like tell you all the ones she has. She's a four-time all-conference. She's an all-American. She played for Team USA from 2012 to 2016, plays in the MPF, and is now playing for Athletes Unlimited, the pro league that everybody just can't stop talking about right now. Welcome to the conversation, Sam. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. So (laughs) one thing that I did not say is that you have your own podcast too. Um, You are probably one of the inspirations for me to start a podcast because you're talking to all these big wigs in the softball game. (laughs) Tell me about how this podcast started because it's amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, It was something that I had thought about for honestly about a year before I actually pulled the trigger on it. My cousin has a podcast. So she got me into the whole podcast thing. And I just, for softball, you know, going to a small school, the things that I've, I've had in my journey, I've learned so much. And it made me learn that there's so many different stories that aren't told. And that was pretty much the, you know, the motivation behind creating the unknown pro is because that, you know, you only hear about certain stories and there's so many out there and I just yeah. wanted to hear all of them. I wanted to bring all of them to whoever wanted to listen and it just manifested and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, and seriously, I love the name because I don't know about everybody else, but I could relate to that unknown pro name Yeah, in, immensely. I'm like, yeah. cause I, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but early on in my professional career, I kind of felt like I was the unknown professional athlete. Like who's Ashley Burkhart? What's the big 10? Like, I mean, comparatively, everybody knows the big 10, but, you know, coming from a smaller school, I felt kind of like that, that little bit of, you know, I went to mediocre school in the big 10, but I'm playing professionally. Nobody knows me because they don't see me on TV, um, you know, playing in the world series or anything, but I love the title. And so can you give us like a little background on like why you chose the title? Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent why, because I now at this point I've been playing out of college for eight years. You know, I've, I've made a career out of softball and I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those household names. I'm, I'm not somebody who, you know, everybody wants to buy their Jersey and, and all those kinds of things, which is, which is great. Like it's fine, but it's like, wait, I'm playing pro just like the girls who also played in the World Series. So um, that's where kind of the inspiration for that came from is that, you know, going going to that small school, getting less recognition throughout each stage of my career, just knowing that I'm doing all the same things that the girls who went to the huge schools are doing and making it into that pro world. Yeah. And it's fun watching who you've all interviewed. So I know Chitty is probably one of your best friends. Um, and I feel like all the interviews are pretty much with your close friends from that you've maybe made in the pro league and playing for team USA. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm pretty sure so far, everybody I've interviewed has been people that I've met post-college. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Who has been, I mean, I don't want you to have to pick, but like, there's so many great interviews. I mean, you have, you know, Kelly Crutchman, Sharon and Hawkins, Aubrey Monroe. I just listened to her full podcast this morning. That was a really good one. I'm so glad. They're all so good. But if you could choose 
one of your favorites that people <laughs> should just, you know, as soon as this is over, move over to that podcast and listen to it. What would it be? They're, they're also, I feel like they're all such good conversations for so many different yeah. reasons, but I, you know, who's the best to talk to all the time is Sheridan. She, mm. y- you feel like you've known her your whole entire life, even if you just met her. And so her story is really good um, just to how she made it to even to college. And then after that. So I think that's, that's who I would pick today, but you know, tomorrow it might be a different answer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, so I played with Sheridan, I think one year in the pro league. Yeah, She's one of, has one of the most, the kindest hearts. She will mm-hmm. talk about you before she talks about herself any day of the week. But yeah, yeah. she's such a good soul. That's amazing. Yeah. I haven't listened to hers yet, so I'm going to go watch it. It's a good one. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the podcasts that I listened to of you is how much you call your swing your baby. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Like <laughs> I'm obsessed with that concept because again, same, I, I probably is the reason why it's my brand now. Love um, that. Just because you just, you know, you put so much effort into that swing and creating it. It's, it's easy to call it your baby because it's something yeah. that, you know, it's your bread and butter. So when it comes down to your swing, can you give us a little bit of an insight on, you know, what went into it? You know, a lot of, a lot of dads are like, Oh my gosh, I want my daughter to swing like you. But in reality, they probably just want the tools to help their daughter become the best version of themselves. Right. So like from the get-go, like what what went into having that swing that now is your signature and that you call your baby? Honestly, from the get-go, you know, I I feel like I've been working on my swing since I was 10 years old. So mm-hmm. it, it started off with just hard work and repetition. I swung the bat as much as I possibly could. And, you know, my dad had played, you know, he played baseball and played some slow pitch softball competitively kind of stuff. And so he knew what it should essentially look like, you know, and if it, you know, don't turn your back foot, like don't leave it behind, like those kind of little things. So it started with hard work. It started with reps. And as I got older and could kind of accept more information, it became studying and hard work and video and then hard work, you know? So seeing my swing on a video helped a lot because did you ever use RightView Pro? No, but I heard of it. Yeah. So it's, you know, you can put your swing next to anybody's swing in the program. So we did a lot of next to uh, Jim Edmonds, who played for the Cardinals and Mm. Albert Pujols, who hits a lot of home runs. So putting my swing side by side to theirs was really helpful to see here's what they're doing and here's what you're doing. Let's see, how do we, how do we create this? So that helped me to start feeling what I needed to feel in order to look this way. And then it, a lot of it comes down to feel too. I'm not super big on the technology stuff other than video, like, you know, the, the launch angle and, and speed. That's, I, I'm very much on feel. So all those reps help me feel what I should be doing. And that way, when I don't do it, I know what that feels like. Yeah. And it's almost like you took ownership of what your best swing felt like rather than yeah what, you know, a system is trying to tell you what it should look like. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time looking at, you know, their swing speed and trying to get the max swing speed. But I mean, I talk about this all the time. If you're not on time, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what your swing speed is. And, you know, it's kind of cool that you're, you're sharing that about your own swing because that's how confidence is, is, found. I mean, I just talked to JT Gasso like last week about this. It's, it's not about making your swing cookie cutter. It's about loving the swing that you have. 
And, you know, no wonder why you call it your baby. You've worked so (laughs) hard on it. You've, you know, tweaked it into it being just this magical thing you can call your signature. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love how much pride you take into it because I can, I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think about the way that I feel about it and I'm very protective over it. Like Mm -hmm. I've put like thousands of swings. I mean, I can't even hundreds of thousands, like, like the amount of hours that have been spent, even in front of the mirror where you're just sitting there like, okay, this, okay, I feel this, this is what I want to do. But I'm very protective over it because there is something new all the time of, you know, do this, do that. This is what we should be doing. This is what we shouldn't be doing. And I'll always take in what somebody says, maybe dabble a little bit and then say, you know what, this isn't for me push it away and move on. Mm. Not in an uncoachable way, but in a very protective way of this is my swing and I've created it to be this way. So I'm only going to take in what's going to make it better. I, I hope that I feel this way about a future actual human baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That, that's incredible. I love that. Um, so if you could pick, I mean, do you, I'm sure you have signature drills that you're doing, you know, whenever you mm. need to feel this, you're doing a drill or whatever, but I know people just love drills. You know, I was one who I pretty much stuck to three drills and those are my bread and butter, like extension drill, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even just squatting extra low and getting swinging from there. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you have a pretty wide stance, so you get into your legs more than, you know, the average, the average hitter, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because I had a pretty wide stance too. That's why I love yours. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But if you had like some signature drills or just things that you work on, you know, day in, day out that are like your bread and butter drills, what do you think those would be? Honestly, extension is, is definitely number one. I always like to start my T sessions or front toss sessions with extension because I don't hit the ball hard if I'm not getting that extension. So, but I'm extremely simple where I'll throw in some one hand drills every now and then maybe if I feel like it, but I'll practice inside pitch, outside pitch, you know, low, high. I'll put the ball in a whole bunch of different places and see how I can keep it fair, hit it well. You know, I'll put it to the extreme where it's probably not a strike in reality, but if I can hit it hard and hit it fair, then in the game, hitting a strike is going to be a lot easier. So it's super simple, but extension is definitely my favorite um, that I do all the time. And what I the other thing I really like to do is when I'm feeling like I'm overthinking, I'll have somebody side toss five in a row, rapid fire, just Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. And then you realize, oh my God, I didn't think one time during that. So that's the kind of feel I want to take into the game. That's so good. I love that. So (laughs) obviously you don't become the number one and break all these records at LMU in home runs, RBIs, batting average, walks, total bases, all these things without having a super strong mindset as a hitter. I am super huge on mindset. I think obviously you can have the perfect swing in the world, but if you if you don't have any belief in that swing, nothing good's going to happen. I like talking about Hunter Pence and how he doesn't have like the most beautiful swing in the world, but right. you know what he does have? A strong, confident head on his shoulders to make something happen. Now, mm. obviously with all of these records that you have, you had to have had both of those things. So how do you feel you separated yourself, at least, you know, thinking just college right now from the rest to make you such an elite hitter? Well, I think it comes down to having having those conversations with my dad to build that mindset of no matter who we were going in and facing, we would say, she's not, she's not a better pitcher than I am a hitter. Mm. And that even if that wasn't true, 
you know, even if I was in there as, you know, a freshman facing Danielle Lowry, I, you know, I had to go in there with that mindset that she's not better than me. So she might get me, but I'll get her. And Mm. I mean, that actually, that was a real experience. I struck out three times against her when I was a freshman. So what are you going to do? But (laughs) hey, but, but you learned, right? It happens. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just, just going in there and believing that I'm going to get the job done, whatever that job looks like, I'm going to put the ball in play hard somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that helped me a lot, especially when, if maybe my first at bat, I didn't get a hit and be like, Oh, she got me once, but she's not going to get me again. So it was more of like a, a personal battle, you know, where you go in and you're like, it's me and the pitcher who's going to win. whoever's better is going to win. So um, I think that's how I kind of pump myself up with like, I I got this. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And you said your dad kind of instilled those beliefs in yourself at a young age. Can you, it sounds like you had a really good relationship with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Can you kind of guide me through the steps of you just starting the game and how he kind of influenced you and maybe coached you growing up into believing in yourself? Because I, I mean, a lot of parents are listening to this podcast. I believe Mm -hmm. parents have the most influence on their athletes than anybody else. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like your dad did a pretty dang good job. So (laughs) uh, brag about your dad here for a second. Tell me how that all worked. He's going to eat this up too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send it to him for sure. Um, it's, It's actually, you know, you think about it and you spend all this time with your teams and your coaches, but who do you spend your life with is they're your parents. So you go home with them, you, you know, Um, so he, I mean, he just, he loves softball and that was very apparent because I think he treats the game the way that I treat the game with just, I just, I just love you so much, you know? (laughs) And I think that that is a lot of the reason why he was able to be so positive with me. And the only time in my career that he would get mad at me is if I would talk bad about myself. That's when I would get the you know, stern voice from him is, I remember one time, I I think I was 16 and I said, God, I, you know, I had a bad weekend and all my hits that I had, this is going to sound like not a bad weekend, but I had a few hits on the weekend and they were all home runs, but I struck out a lot and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't getting on base for my team. And I said, Oh, I'm, I just, I either strike out or I hit a home run and I'm just, I'm, 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 I suck. And he, I remember where we were because of how mad he got at me. It's like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I do not want to hear that out of you. Is that what you really think? Do you really think that about yourself? And I started to look at him. I'm like, no. <laughs> and so that's when he would get mad at me is if I would start to get down on myself. If he saw my, you know, shoulder slump posture, he'd make eye contact with me and be like, you know, you get it together. <laughs> and that's, he, he understood the game that you're going to fail, but how are you going to fail? Are you going to go out and fail competitively? then you have nothing to be upset about. It sucks, but you did everything you could. So I could really go on and on about how, how great he was for me because he, I don't have the, like, I, like you said, I don't have the mindset without him helping me build it and mm. taking everything, every failing moment as a learning opportunity. Well, Sam, why do you think you hit that outside pitch poorly? Well, I think I rolled over. Yeah, let's go with it next time. Oh, cool. I feel better now, you know? Yeah. He reversed your mindset from, you know, I rolled over to what's the opposite? Oh, let's get through mm-hmm. it. Let's work on this side of the field. That's such a powerful tool. 
And, yeah. and that's so crazy and awesome because I don't think I was ever, you know, I never thought that way until, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was encouraging me like, hey, you struck out, so what? Like, what's the next best thing you can do? It, it helps you kind of like think just one step at a time because, yeah. you know, the game can get so overwhelming and fast to where we're thinking about all the things that could go wrong or, you know, all the mm-hmm. things that could go right. Even then you're still thinking about too much, but I think mm-hmm. parents have a really good opportunity with their athletes. Like just pick one thing to focus on and let's make that our mission and let's do it together. I yeah, think, I think absolutely. that says a lot. That's awesome. So do you still yeah. talk to him all the time now that you're playing, oh. you know, pro and about, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that. it's great because now he's a, like, he's not able to be here. He would come watch some games if he could, but yeah. he, like we're in a bubble, so he can't, but luckily we're being streamed and on national TV so he can watch my games. And after the game, we can talk about my at-bats and it's, it's a learning experience there. You know, he'll tell me straight up. He doesn't sugarcoat anything that, yeah, you know what? You probably shouldn't have taken that second pitch. That was something that you can drive. Or if I feel like I've gotten an unfair strike call, which happens, um, he'll say, well, that might've been a ball that he called a strike, but that's a pitch that you can hit. Okay, cool. So now instead of me feeling like maybe I got a little cheated, I think I'm just going to attack it. I don't need them to throw a strike to hit it, you know? So yeah, we talk, we talk every day. I love nice. that. And it's so cool that he gets to watch on TV. I can't yeah. stress enough how amazing it is that TV, that so- pro softball is on TV. When you, yeah. when you and I are growing up, the only softball on TV was, you know, the Olympics or the women's college world series. Right. That was it. Mm -hmm. So I bet you and I grew up watching some of the same people who are your fave athletes that used to grow up watching that you were like, Oh my gosh. Natasha Watley. Yes. Of course. Jessica Mendoza, you know, Kelly Crutchman, Laura Berg, all those. And you know, the rest of those Olympians, but those are my, those are my top favorites. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how cool, like now you're really good friends with Kelly Crutchman and you interviewed her on your podcast. It's, I still sometimes I'm like, this is my life. Is this my life? (laughs) I love it. No, that's so cool. And it's neat seeing some of those same athletes like are still playing. I mean, at least, you know, I remember, you know, Monica was on TV when I was playing and mm-hmm. I used to watch, I used to love Caitlin Lowe. I did an entire oh, podcast episode on how she was that role model for me where, you know, how she played the game. I was like, I want to play that way. I want to be that fast. I want to dive into the fence and smash my face into it because I'm trying so hard. Like she, yeah, she just played the game so right. And so I think it's really, really powerful to watch other people do their thing and be inspired Mm -hmm. by their play and look up to it. And so how cool is it that, you know, people get to watch you on TV and watch how you play? You know, I was just telling you before we started recording, I put up a post like, who's your favorite player right now in the Athletes Unlimited League? And people are like, Sam Fisher, Sam Fisher. And I'm like, same, like... (laughs) She's just a freaking, she loves, I told you this before, you love the game. It looks like more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And no one can ever take that away from you. And I think that's just a powerful drive. You know, I'm sure you can attest to it. It's, it's the reason why you're still playing. It's the reason why you're 30 years old and love the game now, probably more than you ever have. And, and you are one of the best examples and role models for athletes all over. And it's so neat that athletes get to watch you. So let's talk a little bit about the league. Let's. So... I'm watching religiously. When I say that, it's not like I've seen every single pitch of every single game. Right. But every single game is so good. Yeah. 
Like yeah. every game, there's at least a home run. It seems like home seriously, run. oh yeah, they're everywhere. Sorry, pitchers, but y'all are just no. yeah. <laughs> they know the hitters are great. It's it's a hitters game. I mean, do you think that because I think the maximum amount of points you can get at a time is forty points for a home run, right? Right. Do you yeah. think that has anything to do with the fact that there are so many home runs? If I could control hitting a home run in order to score points, I would, but I don't, I think, you know, there've been some, you know, there've been some pitches left over the plate. Like, you know, these hitters are going to attack anything that looks juicy. So we've got, you think about who's hitting these home runs and, you know, you've got girls like Kati who had 92 home runs in college. So she's just doing what she does, you know? So she had like two, didn't she have like two home runs in a row the other day? Sure did, and it was against my team, so I remember that very clearly. <laughs> that awkward moment when I didn't realize that, but I, I know, right? But hey, it's fun to watch. Yeah. So tell me about you know for those people who haven't been watching and about the point system. It's obviously mm-hmm. nothing that we've ever seen before in softball, but it keeps it so intriguing. And y'all are drafted to a new team every week. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit, like for someone who's never watched it or seen it, tell them a little mm-hmm. bit about what they can expect when they watch. Yeah. So you've got, like you said, you've got different teams each week. So we have a pool of 56 players and they create four teams each week. So we go and we play three games. Every team plays every team and there's this point system and it, you know, you you get hit a single, you get 10 points, you get a home run, you get 40 points. If you're a pitcher and you get an out, you get four points. Like there's a lot of different ways to earn points. There's also ways to lose points. If you get caught stealing, you get minus 10 or give up an earned run, minus 10, those kind of things. They all accumulate and then we're ranked one through 56. And our rankings will decide, you know, the top four players become captains. They then draft the teams each week. So it makes it actually really interesting because you get points. Your team will get points if you win the game, but you also get points if you win innings. So even this happened, this happened the other day, actually, in the game that Kati hit the two home runs was we ended up losing the game 12 to nine, but we tied the other team in points because we won six innings and they won one, but won the game. So we got 60 points and they got 60 points. So even though we lost, yeah, even though we lost, we are like, did we really lose? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like after the game, you guys had so much more energy than the other team, just strictly because y'all like played your hearts out and that's all you could do. And you ended up actually getting the same amount of points. They won and didn't even really look like they won, you know, like it was just like, cause they didn't like, it was the same point system. That's so interesting. And so actually those of you listening, it is powerful to win every, like to work, to just try to win every inning. And I love that this league is like telling you, Hey, win the inning, like find a way to win. And that's where we were talking about this before sometimes we we think about the seventh inning when we're in the second and we mm-hmm. everything in between, it's like a fog. Well, no, every opportunity, every pitch is an opportunity to get some points for your team or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, help your own score. But do you feel like there's a little, I don't want to say selfishness because I don't think that's the right term, but yeah. when it comes down to it, like are some things being done on the field due to points? Like, do you think there's more, you know, sack bunts now because that like helps your team have more points or, you know, score more runs. I think the game yeah, is I different. Think, I think it's, it's been across the board, pretty much the same game. I think there's been some games where, you know, you know, someone might be up by eight and go around to bunt 
or steal when you're like, you wouldn't actually do this in a real game mm. because that's just the rules, right? Um, but every like the, the taking it back to winning every inning is where you're you're like you've got seven mini games in your game. So it's understandable that someone would try to steal because then it puts them in scoring position so that they can win that inning, even though they have a big lead from a few innings before. So it, it I don't think selfish uh, comes into it really, or, or, you know, just trying to get your own individual points. And that's actually when I first heard about athletes unlimited, that was my number one concern was, yeah. wait, doesn't that take away from the team experience? Mm-hmm. But they put so much on team that no, it's, it's, it's almost opposite where you're like, I got to get this win for my team or, you know, or else we're going to lose an inning. So it kind of, in a weird way, strengthens that team, you know, dynamic that 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 team mindset yeah I had the same concerns as you I was like yeah. well it turns into like an individual game doesn't it right. right um but you know I haven't really seen it I haven't seen you know anybody looking that way I was just curious if like you've noticed anything and and going back to the team I know Abby Wambach is like huge in this league she's one of I owners of the league how do you uh, she's on the advisory board advisory board okay so you told me before this that you guys are meeting with that Wolfpack crew every mm-hmm. single week. Are mm-hmm. they teaching you things like that are blowing your mind? Like what are a few things that, you know, meeting with the Wolfpack is actually influencing you, you know, individually or, you know, teams that you're on? Yeah, it's, it's, they've been so influential in having us understand ourselves and knowing what we already have in order to be successful. You know, mm-hmm. they, they made us really think about our qualities and ourselves and our values and different things that we bring to the table individually and how we can utilize those. And Abby Wambach told a story about how they, they were having a press conference once and she was saying something about one of her weaknesses and Mia Hamm, or like, finish your weaknesses because they accentuate my strengths. Like it's because of this that we can work together. So for example, me, you know, I can't steal bases. I'd love to steal bases. I can't steal bases, but somebody who can steal bases might not be able to hit them in. Mm. You know what I mean? So using, it kind of created this, use your strengths and let someone else use their strengths as well. And you can all of a sudden be complete. And I think that that has been really huge. And they've also just been helping us look towards the future of, you're not going to be an athlete forever, but how can you use your experience and who you are as an athlete to go out into whatever job you want in the future, whatever you want to start to do after you hang them up, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. Knowing your strengths. So that's like one thing where originally when you said, I can't steal bases, I kid you (laughs) not. I work with so many athletes that sometimes will, they say that they can't. And I like stop them in their tracks. I'm like, no, you can't. Like if you worked for it, like you could do it. So originally I was just like, oh my God, she just said can't. But, but I think that's such a great tool to just at least know it's, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not about what you can't do. It's about what you, what you, you know, the God given gifts that you have, what you can bring to the table that are going to separate you from other people. And, and also just 
be a part of a team morphing together. That's why I love that the league itself, you're you're drafted to a new team every week because people get to choose, okay, who are going to be my core three outfielders? Who's going to be my DP? Like thinking about the game holistically and what each athlete can bring to the table, it just makes the game more fun too. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you challenged me with that thought because a lot of times when people are like, I don't steal bases, I'm like, but doesn't it sound fun? Because yeah. <laughs> like you have the, you know, all the hitting records at, um, at LMU and, and I have a base stealing record. So like I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, it's not, I'm not trying to make Sam steal more bases. It's like, no, I'm going to get on base. So Sam can hit me in. Exactly. Like if you, if you didn't steal a base and then I hit a double, we don't score. Yeah. But if you steal a base. I hit, do what I do. And we are all of a sudden up by one. Mm. And that's, it's actually, I'm glad that you said that too, because I love base running. Base running is, I just feel like such a golden little gem that people are just like, well, you just run around the bases. It's, you know, but there's such an art to it. And even though I'm slow and I know that about myself, I feel like I have a brain, you know, for base running where I might not be able to steal a base, but I might take an extra base if you mm. give it to me. You know yeah, what I mean? So, yeah. So my, my, my dad, everything I'm going to be. I love it. <laughs> a, smart, a smart runner is a fast runner. And that's mm. kind of how I've been trying mm. to realize my slower moving body is that you can take, if they're not paying attention, go ahead and take an extra base. Yeah. So, and it's like, you you can do that because a lot of times people will, I mean, stats are everything. And when you get to college, right. everybody knows you. Right. And if you're known as not being someone very fast, you can get away with stuff. Like you can, not you can, you. they're not afraid. Yeah. You could find your way in. And we actually, that reminds me of a catcher we had in college. Um, her name was Danielle, but she was one of our catchers and just you, she's our bomb hitter. She hits right. bombs. And when mm-hmm. she's on base, nobody thinks she's going to steal, but mm-hmm. she was one of the smartest base runners you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And she's taken third. She's standing on two. She sees a pitch in the ground. She's standing on third. I love she it. sees it out of the pitcher's hand. She's just, she's so, you know, smart. And, you know, mm-hmm. I try to preach this to my athletes. You don't have to be fast to be a great base runner. Absolutely. And honestly, I know a lot of really fast people that are awful base runners. Right. And that get you into trouble. Yeah. And, and yeah. you have to, it's almost always expect the unexpected and, mm-hmm. and you can get away with, you know, bobble in left field. You're taking two. I right. saw a couple of plays actually in the athletes unlimited league where people are just taking bases left and right. Yeah. They're seeing, you know, nice, easy throw into the shortstop. And they're like, Oh, she's taking an easy throw. I'm taking two. Yes. So gosh, even when it's against you, I just appreciate it. I'm like, wow, that was a good idea. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love that. I love that. So now that you have this, you know, crazy awesome platform, I mean, pro softball is was one of those things where I grew up not even knowing it existed. And now it's kind of like moving its way up the totem pole. What do you see mm-hmm. the future of pro softball looking like? Gosh, I mean, I'm a big dreamer. So Same. I see, Same. I, you know, like I, I have been so happy to see all the feedback that Athletes Unlimited has been getting because it's all been positive. It's all been, wow, you know, and that's how we all feel about it. So Mm -hmm. it's nice that, you know, even the internet trolls are kind of like, this is kind of cool, you know? So I, I really see it taking off in this structure and giving more people a chance to play ball. You know, Mm -hmm. there's so many talented players that, that graduate college and that's it, you know, and, and it sucks because there's 
you want to know, I think about players all the time. I'm like, I wish I could have seen what she would have done had she played pro, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think I see the future of it growing to a point where you don't have to be that college team's one star player. You can be an important player on that team and still have a career because you think about the MLB and you think, not there's no way that every single one of these guys was exactly that player for each team. There's there's too much opportunity for them. So they've got plenty of guys playing. So I just, you know, for, for me in my little school dreaming, I definitely see people having the opportunity to dream big, even if they decide, you know what, a smaller school is it for me. I don't want to be the, that one person having that happen. I want to be a group of people who are like, yeah, I went to a small school and now I'm here. You know, so yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I rambled a little bit on that one, but I, you just know, I'm a chance to dream. Exactly. This is why I I knew I had to have you on this podcast because you and I just think so much alike. I, I mean, one, we're playing in a pro league where it's consisting of all these people that played in women's college world series, and you know, play. Well, I mean, you played for Team USA, like, and, and that's a cool, th- coolest thing. You played at a small school, but if you're good, you're gonna be seen. And like, right. and if you play the game right and you play it with passion, all these things that you do, like you're going to be seen, you're going to be asked to do these amazing things. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, I think this truly, if I would have played at another, another school, I probably wouldn't have been able to be drafted to play pro softball mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was able to love, love, love my experience at Purdue so much to where I was able to thrive on the field there. And then other people noticed. And mm-hmm. so it's like, So many people get caught up with the, I have to play at Alabama or I have to play at all these like big time schools in order to be seen or, you know, have great opportunities. And I'm like, y'all, I'm not saying Purdue is like a small school. It's just comparative to where, you know, the hotbeds are. You can thrive wherever. And and clearly you did that. You, You mentioned trolls. So because at the very beginning, I gave you the intro of you're all over social media and you are the epitome of not caring what other people who don't matter think like straight up. You don't let things get to you. And it's honestly something I'm trying to do a little bit better at myself, but you are so passionate about women's sports and you are so passionate about, you know, softball getting the notoriety it deserves. And we see that it's happening, but you do have trolls. Like it's just fact. There are people that attack some of your posts and some of your tweets. So like, I'm asking on my behalf, but also any other person who maybe will have a hater pop into their DMs every once in a while. How do you manage that? How do you handle that? Um, at least mentally or, you know, personally. I think honestly, you you said it in what you were just saying is that I don't care about what people think that don't matter. Like I, if my mom still thinks I'm a good person, I'm going to sleep fine at night. You know <laughs> what I mean? So they can say whatever they want to say. And I get, a, I get a kick out of it. Like I can't wait for someone to tell me to get back in the kitchen because I have been thinking about what to reply to them for days, you know? Mm. So it's, it's so meaningless. And this is something I actually learned a lot from my friend, uh, Jordan Taylor. Yes. Sure right? She has really, you know, Jordan will go after people and, in, and rightly so. And she really has taught that to me more of, I pick the people who their opinion means something to me. And I don't pick any of those Twitter trolls as someone who I care about what they say. You know, I had someone the other day tell me I needed to give up softball and think of, come up with a new dream. And I was like, <laughs> nice one. You know, it's, 
is that how, is that going to affect me? No, because I love what I'm doing. I'm happy. I'm exactly where I need to be. And that's it. And I think it comes down to mindset, like anything, right? Where that's, you know, that, that can be where we get into trouble with like comparison culture of, I see that this girl is doing this or looks like this. And my mom has always been good about asking me, well, is that what you, is it? Do you, do you like this about yourself? I'd be like, well, yeah. Okay. Then it doesn't matter what they're doing. So I think it kind of comes full circle with that of they can say whatever they want to say, but if you know for a fact that you feel good about what you're doing, you feel good about where you're at, then you can just let it roll off your shoulder and laugh about it because I almost feel bad for people who have to go after people on the internet. Like I'm I'm sorry that my life is great and you feel the need to try to bring me down, but good try. It's not going to happen. Oh, that's so good that you brought that up. I mean, it just... Mm-hmm. It's so crucial to say that because, I mean, you to- you talked about your dad. Here he is again in the conversation mm-hmm. about how he, and I'm sure you had so many other people in your life that were encouragers and people that, you know, when maybe others said mean things about you, they helped show you and remind you of who you are. Yeah. I think it's very important that, especially those who, you know, at some point, there were times where I could not handle the haters. Like there were all these amazing comments and then all of a sudden there's this one person and I'm like, how do I please this person? Wait, why do I need to please this person? If I'm happy with myself and I am, and I love my life like fully, why does that person's opinion matter? And it truly doesn't. So um, back to that, I mean, so can you maybe share some experiences? This was something that I plan to talk to you about before, but I'm kind of coming back to it. It's, So your dad was very influential on you growing up. Did you ever have any coaches that weren't uh, influential and maybe did the opposite? Because I mean, I had a coach in high school that told me that, you know, I told him I want to play D1 and he goes, I mean, you should think smaller. (laughs) No, that's not a good idea. Someone I respected. And, you know, but my dad, I had him to tell him that happened and he's like, who cares what they think? Like you and I both know you can make it happen and we're going to do it. And it was like, he was that, you know, person to tell me, Hey, doesn't matter what they think. So did you have maybe some people, you know, coaches or other people in your life that maybe did, you know, steer you the wrong way or like say the wrong thing, but you had your dad to help you out there? Yeah. And I I mean, uh, it goes back to both my parents too. My mom, doesn't know anything about softball. She's not a sports person. You know, she doesn't get it. She doesn't like the gym. Like there's so many things that we're very different in, mm-hmm. but she's a very much doesn't take any crap kind of person yeah. and doesn't want you to take any crap kind of person. So when the, when those times would come, like I said before, about if I started to feel bad about something, she'd be like, well, that's not how it is. You know, she just would cut to the chase. So it was a really, really good combination of my mom being a little bit more like right to it. And then my dad being a little bit more, um, not sensitive in in a way of like, no, you know what? You're so great. Like this, you know, you're going to accomplish this. And my mom being like, whatever, dude, go do it. (laughs) I don't care. Did you, did you fold your laundry? That kind of thing. (laughs) So, so, um, there, there have been plenty of times. Sometimes it came from friends. Sometimes it came from people. I remember when I committed to LMU and I was hyped, you know, like, this is great. I'm super excited. What a great, life achievement right now that I committed to this amazing school. And I had people talking trash that were my friends and my teammates like, oh, you're going so close to home. Like you're never going to be independent or, you know, oh, I've never even heard of LMU, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, number one, a hater. 
Number two, even when I was 16, I thought, I love this school. You know, I, I, I don't understand why you're hating on it because you've got your own commitment to another school that you're going to, you know? So I think it was because stuff like that didn't make sense in my head because of how, how strongly I felt about my decisions that I was still able to be like, well, you're being mean and that's upsetting, but it's not going to change the way that I feel about the decisions that I've made. And that's something I feel like I've tried to stand by as long as I can remember is don't let somebody make you feel bad about something that makes you feel good. Mm. And all these decisions that I've made and everything, every experience that I've had have all made me feel good. So even if somebody tells me that, you know, to lay off the rise ball for once, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Those go the farthest, bro. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, and, and it's so important just to be around people that are going to support you yeah. when those people are around. So yeah. that's amazing. I love that you brought your mom into the picture too, because you know, even if, you know, some parents are listening and they're like, well, I don't really know about softball, but I want to do better. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, just being that person that's maybe just direct and just, hey, mm-hmm. you set a goal for yourself. Here's what you said it is. Just telling and reminding your athlete of what they're capable of and, yeah. you know, holding them accountable to the things that they want to do goes a long way. Yeah. And Absolutely. yeah, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up friends too, because you know, I've been seeing on social media, there's like team drama left and right. And I'm like, y'all just rise yeah. above it. It's hard. Yeah. It's so yeah, hard. It any sense. <laughs> but rise above it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am so, so grateful you've been on this show. So before we sign off, I'm going to give you a five to thrive. So I'm going to give you like quick questions that okay. you're just going to answer like one to two sentences or maybe one to two words, whatever. And we're just going to sign off from there. But before that, I just need to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my God. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation. And that's what I hope, I hope most podcasts can be this way. It's just, Hey, just feed off each other. This was so much fun. And I know I didn't know you a whole lot beforehand. I just remember hitting this like crazy line drive straight at your face once. And I was scared for (laughs) you and you caught it. And I was like, that was the hardest ball I've ever hit in my life. That was an Akron, right? Yeah. (laughs) I remember it. Yeah. Of course Uh, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was when I was starting to find my bat, you know, in the pro league. And I'm like, of course, Sam got in the way. It's fine. Yeah, um, but other than that, I feel like this is, this has been just so much fun, just getting to know you and your journey and like supporting, you know, you and the athletes in limited league and every athlete that's playing. It's so fun. So by the time this airs, there should be one more weekend of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say right now, I, I don't know exactly if it's going to be on which channel or network. It's normally mm-hmm. on ESPN 2 or 3. And then CBS Sports, I think, on Mondays. Right. Um, so it's on TV. And if you don't watch, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> there, you can just learn. You can learn so much from other athletes, especially. You know, I don't know if you felt this way. I was always watching the athletes that played my position and hit, yes. hit the way that I wanted to hit. And I was like, how do they do this? So you can just learn so, so much from watching the game and, you know, watching you just love the game as much as you do. It's, it's so fun. How can we, by the way, follow you? So where are you on social media? If people want to see what you're doing on Twitter with all the <laughs> trolls, it's fun guys. It's very yeah. entertaining. Gosh. I'm, I'm the same on Instagram and Twitter. I'm just at Sam Fisher 52. So awesome. I'm out there making fun of myself and me and talking, talking back to the trolls. Yeah. And I'm going to encourage everybody to listen to the unknown pro podcast. It's also on YouTube for those people who don't really love to listen, but we're on a YouTube platform or we're on a podcast platform. So I'm guessing they might want to hear it, but seriously, you've got a lineup of like 
I don't know, 10 to 15 just pro All-Americans, amazing softball players. And it's cool to get to know them outside of the game and, you know, who they are behind the curtain. So it's really fun and entertaining. I recommend everybody go listen to it. It's so much fun. And one more thing, how can we support the league itself? Like for those people who are like, I love it. I want to do more for the league or donate, do something. Do you know where they can go to support the league? Yeah. I mean, we've got our website, auprosports.com and there's, there's like different membership packages. You can have access to the dugout cam. You can talk directly to players during the game. So you can sign up for that. We also have, you know, merchandise and stuff, but, but I think down to the basics is watch, follow, you know, just support. Even if you can't do it in a monetary way, you do it by watching and by giving us that viewership because the best way to grow the game is to get the game in front of people, Yeah, you know, and, and having someone say, you know what, softball was on and I just left the channel on and all of a sudden I have a favorite player and I want to watch again next week, you know? So creating that kind of snowball effect, I think that's the biggest way to support and follow the athletes. That's, that's uh, you know, the best way because we're just, we're just, you know, trucking out here. So yeah, it's been so much fun. And you talked about how like you're getting tired. I'm like, yeah, I can't even, that's a lot of softball in a short amount of time, yeah. especially coming out of COVID where, you know, oh we all are probably snacking a little too much and, you know, Netflix in, but yeah. Not stretching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's been so fun watching you guys play. All right. So here are the five to thrive questions that I've come up for you. I'm very excited to ask you these. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. First question. It should be easy. I think. What's your favorite thing about softball? Oh gosh. The challenge. I love the challenge every day. It could be different. And I mean, it's terrifying, but I love it. Mm, That's a good one. (laughs) What is your favorite thing that your parents taught you growing up? Be myself, no matter what. Mm, Good one. Who is your biggest role model growing up? I mean, say my parents, they, they're everything to me. And I didn't want to, I wanted to be like them. I wanted them to be proud of me no matter what that meant. So all the time. Yeah. You and JT Gasso chose the same answer. Your parents. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, mm-hmm. I love, I love that. that. No, that's so good. I think, and, and this is why this podcast exists for that exact yeah. thing. It's like your kids look up to you so yeah. much and it's, yeah. uh, it's been fun seeing how this podcast is already like doing its thing. And like, yeah, you know, cause I know parents, they want what's best. They don't always yeah. know the, the keys to help with that. And I know this conversation is going to help bring so much light yeah. to, you know, parents out there that just want to do more. That's amazing. That, you know, before you go into, I don't want to like, you're good. I just like, I love my parents obviously so much, but they, they did, they wanted to help me and they wanted me to get better in a way that let me still be myself because that's what they taught me. They wanted me to be myself. And they knew when I was in a certain, you know, mood or, you know what I mean? Like they were able to read me. They weren't forcing anything on me without me being totally, you know, into it, you know? So I think, I think the whole parent conversation, I don't have kids, so I don't know what it's like. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> to, right? Like, I don't know what it's like to know your kid or to really be able to understand what they're feeling. But I think my parents did a really good job of knowing when they could push me and when they could say, you know what? Like you did great. And I still love you. Like you get dinner tonight, (laughs) no matter what. And 
that's that's I think what it comes down to because we get such a blurred line of softball is what I do it's not who I am so with my mom like I could be over three and feel freaking miserable and she'd be like well your hair looked great and like you still didn't put the dishes away so let's (laughs) like treating you normally you know and my dad treating it as an as a learning experience of like yeah you know what you didn't do it today but how are you going to go out and do it tomorrow yeah so having that combination of you're still my kid. I love the crap out of you. And whether you perform well or not, that doesn't change. Uh, if every car ride home conversation can start with the last sentence you just said, and then being like, hey, we both know you didn't do great today. Whenever right. you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Right. That I'm glad that you said that because that I think is the the reason why I feel like I've become such a competitor is because my dad never, like every car ride, we had a conversation. Yeah. And there, I remember one time I said, I had a bad game. And I, I don't want to, I, I said, I don't want to talk about it. And he said, then we're not going to talk about the good games either. Ooh. And I, it was huge. It was, you know what? If you don't want to talk about this bad game, fine. We don't get to talk about when you're three for three with two home runs. And I said, Ooh, dad, nice. Ooh. You know, so I like that. I know that that happens and I know people are all different, but I had to talk about everything. We had to go through everything no matter what. And not using those bad games as learning experiences would have ended up with me not being as much of a competitor and not being as driven to fix my weaknesses and to Mm. strengthen my flaws, you know? Mic drop. I don't even want to ask the last two questions now. That was, that's just no. been such a big part of my, yeah. of my experiences. You want to talk about the good games and we got to talk about uh, the bad games. That's so good. I love that. I'm stealing that. Whenever I have kids, there Please. we go. Me too. Yes. Me too. Ah, this is so awesome. I love it. Yay. Okay. On a different, yes. so this one has nothing to do with parents. So, um, hey. even though the, the last one kind of might, okay, this one, you might have to think about it. Okay. So take your time. You can okay. always edit it if it takes too long to come up with this one. Um, what has been your favorite sports quote or movie line? Oh my gosh. Well, can I answer for both? Because I have. Yeah. Like, so Derek Jeter said, you know, there's going to be people that are better than you, but there's no excuse for them to work harder than you do. So, you know, that's, I think how I was able to get to where I am is because I feel like I worked harder and longer than anybody around me. So I've carried that with me. It's like, you know what? You might not have been gifted with perfect softball talent, but you worked and worked and worked. And then um, movie quote would be from movie Miracle. And it's the whole speech that her, her Brooks comes in and talks to the team before they play the Soviets in the 1980 Olympics. That I listened to that before games. Like that uh-huh. is, that speech is like, all right, like I'm sick of them. Like their time is done. It's your time. And my dad says that to me too. Like it's your time. You go out and you take it. Mm. So that's my. I have goosebumps <laughs> thinking about that right it's now. The best. Uh, the best. It is the best. Really? Okay. Last one. Let's go. What is one thing you could tell your 10 year old self? Oh, little Sam. <laughs> Samu. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the Samu. Oh <laughs> little Samu I would tell her that she is going to be so happy with the life that she leads because she stayed true to herself that she did the things that you know make her happy and make her feel the most herself and there's going to be times where it's hard but those are going to make it worth it no matter no matter what so little 10 year old me you know 
before braces. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just keep going out and keep doing the things that make you happy because it's going to reward you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this was so good. Uh, I think we could keep talking for three hours, but people would hate us. But this was so much fun. Sam, thank you so, so much for, you know, just sharing your story and sharing a little bit about this league. I truly believe that when people just have, you know, dreams to play pro and now it's actually like coming into reality it's like wow who better to learn from than someone who's there who's you know who's just lived her life with so much positivity and joy and just loves this game more than life it seems like i am so grateful to have had you as a guest on this podcast and maybe we can do it again sometime yeah oh my gosh that's great (laughs) i love that all right thanks so much sam thank you So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley B Training and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.